Right, I'm just going to share a little message this morning about hope. And hope is an anchor. Who believes our world needs hope today? We live in such a, a hopeless uh, society. When you look at things that are happening, you can't help but think, man, people need hope. So Hebrews 6, 19 to 20 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters into the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Um, when we were in youth group growing up in Christchurch, we used to go to these camps, Easter camps, and they used to sing the song, we have an anchor that keeps us strong, so, and that when, then we would mosh, I don't remember the rest of the words, there was a mosh pit, it was great, but we used to sing that song with all of our might about we have an anchor, uh, and Jesus is that anchor, he is our hope. But Viktor Frankl, he was a uh, Jewish doctor, and he's also known as the hero for hopelessness. He survived in the Nazi death camps of World War II. He witnessed a man in the camp, this was in his diary, who had a dream that they would be liberated from the death camps on a certain date. What happened is that date came and it went. And not long after this, this man stopped eating. He became very, very ill, and within a short time, he died. He literally died because he had lost hope. And uh, and Victor Frank was known for many of his great statements around hopelessness and how to have hope in those situations. Proverbs 13, 12 in the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And even as you heard a bit from Dita this morning, when things are delayed and deferred, you often can get a little bit sick in your heart around what is happening. But never in human history have we had so much for so long in terms of things that we can have in our lives. Never in history has there been a time when we can have so much wealth, position, and all the things for so long, and yet be so depressed about it all. Amen? Do you agree? There's just such a sense. We can have everything we want and have it for as long as we need, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to be fulfilling. We need hope, but we need the kind of hope that God gives. Um, As I was thinking about hope, I believe that hope is confusing today because people interchange it with words like wishful or hopeful. It's it's kind of lost its meaning. Uh, And as I did a bit of a word study on hope, I I realized it's a pretty lame English word when you look at what hope really means. Uh, So we might say today, you know, I hope this is going to be a good movie. Uh, I hope the Blues win, which they did. I hope I get, has anyone experienced this one? I hope that they actually put the fries in. Especially the sauce. Always forget the sauce. Anyway, we hope, we wish they do this. It's, it's interchangeable. But when the Bible talks about hope, it's completely different. When the Bible talks about it, it's a fact. It is a fact. I hope so I have confidence. I hope so I'm not afraid. I hope so I can walk into the future knowing God has got me. That's the kind of hope that God gives us. Hope It's as real, even if not more real, than the clothes that you're wearing on your body, the breath you breathe, or the hair on your head. I'll just leave that one with you. Also, hope is as solid as the shoes you are wearing on today. If someone said that hope, real hope, is like oxygen to the soul, you you cannot live without it. So Romans 5, verse 1 to 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But not only that, we also glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint 
because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we can rejoice in hope. We can rejoice in difficulties in life and the fruit to produce hope. And hope does not disappoint. Why don't you turn to someone this morning and say, hope does not disappoint. The hope that God gives us does not disappoint in our lives. So the definition of hope, what I believe or what I've been reading about this week, in the New Testament, the word hope expresses a cherished desire along with the confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. It's a long sentence, but basically it gives you this confidence about something that's going to happen. Hope speaks of a confident expectation of the future. And another one says that to anticipate usually with pleasure. There's a sense that actually God is going to do something and it brings joy to my heart. Biblical faith rests on the trustworthiness of God to keep his promises. We sang this morning uh, in Waymaker, he's a promise keeper. He doesn't let us down. So the biblical view of hope is significantly different uh, than other philosophies. You know, if you think of the Greek philosophy, uh, it recognized that humans by nature have hope. You know, we hope today, we might hope tomorrow, we may not have hope. It reflects good and bad hopes. Uh, but it's a projection of one's own subjective possibilities. It depends on how your day goes. If you have a good day, man, you've got some hope. If you have a bad day, maybe I don't have hope. It's all subjective. But even today in our culture, we live surrounded by that kind of hope. It's all about your opportunities, about making yourself. The future is yours. You know, all those possibilities that may be out there. And I believe in as, even as believers, we can get influenced by this idea of the world even in our Christian understanding of what biblical hope is. You know, my career or my work is going to go this way because God has blessed my work. But then a terrible sickness creeps in and it shortcuts those things. And you're left thinking, well, does, do I have any hope? We end up possibly defeated, empty, sore, or hopeless. Or another example might be a marriage that was meant to be really, uh, was meant to provide for all the future opportunities in life. A teenage child at the beginning of life who's overcome with depression or anxiety, an investment or financial opportunity that's gone haywire, all these projections fail time and again, and they can often leave us wondering whether we actually have hope. A good example is food. And by food, I mean what food is really, really good or bad. It really depends. Like at the food at the back of the table after church this morning, If I was to look at the food, I would say that the spicy food is hopeless because my kids don't eat it. So I'm not going to hope in spicy food. You, on the other hand, might have a different opinion. But we all know KFC, the food of champions. (laughs) Thou art in heaven as on earth. Totally subjective, but you get my point. Biblical hope avoids subjectivity. It avoids our personal preferences It's founded on something way more trustworthy. It's founded on God and his redemptive acts. Because of Jesus and because of the cross, our human responses to that, as believers, we can have hope in something so trustworthy and so true. We will experience the fullness of God's goodness in both the present life and in the future. Hope for now and hope for when Jesus returns. You know, in the Old Testament times, people continued to hope for the son of David, the promised uh, Messiah. They were waiting for the hope of the promised Messiah to return. And then Jesus comes as that fulfillment, and all of that hope is now focused on Jesus, God our Savior. It says in 1 Timothy 1.1, God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. So all of those pictures and metaphors in the Old Testament that were 
that were seated about God are now seated on Jesus Christ. Is that image going to come up? You know, Noah in the ark, Jesus is the one that saves us. The blood of the lamb over the doorpost, Jesus' blood covers us. The Levitical priesthood, Jesus is our high priest on, and praying to the Father on behalf of us. Moses, when he lifted up the serpent and people looked on the serpent and were healed, we look upon Jesus and we're healed. Solomon in all his wisdom, Jesus is the wise king of kings. He is the fulfillment of all that hope in our lives. Romans 15, by the way, isn't that awesome, all those pictures, all those analogies? You know, when you're going through life and you think of Jesus, there's not just, um, I have hope that someone can't exactly. <laughs> I have hope that these ones are also charged. Are we good? Hey, we're good. All right. Romans 15.4. The scriptures give us patience and encouragement so that we can have hope. You know, I reckon for many of us, if life has kicked us out of hope, if there's hope just seems to be gone, if there's hopelessness, we can wonder in what to trust, how to rebuild our life. If you've lost hope this morning or if you're feeling hopeless, can I just, I just want to mention three ways that you can build hope into your life. Number one is uh, we've seen that hope is an anchor for the soul. Hope is only as good as what we're hoping in. Trust is always built on the truth, and that's why the Bible, that's why the Scriptures are a book of hope. They are a book of hope. The more time I spend in the Word of God, the more time I get to know it, the more I'm building my life on something solid and something trustworthy. You know, if I was really convinced of how truthful the Bible is, I'd probably spend more time reading it. And if we were truly convinced of how much hope that book gives us, I'd spend more time letting it into my life. But wherever you're at and and reading the Word of God, meditating on the Scriptures, I encourage you, let that book be a mirror in your life. Let it reflect the truth of God. Let it be something that just soaks you in the truth of God because that is a sure way to build hope into your life. It meets your needs and it keeps us looking at Jesus. You know, the more you look... The more you look elsewhere, the more you look at things that are not scriptures, the more you look at the news feed or the device uh, or social media apps or those sorts of things, they have their uses. But when we look at Jesus, you look upon Christ, you look upon truth. He is the exact image of God. You gaze upon hope. So I encourage you this morning to keep looking into the Word of God as a way to build up your life in hope. Number two, we build hope into our lives by waiting upon the Lord. Galatians 5, five. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So we look into the book, we look into the words of God, and as we read this, we realize that the promises of heaven come to earth. Jesus came to earth, and he's returning to earth to make all things new. And I believe there's times when, we, uh, there's times when we're rushing, you know, we're sprinting, not necessarily with our feet or our legs, but we sprint in, in our hearts. We sprint and we rush in our soul. We sprint and we rush in our emotions. Everything's rushing uh, about. But Paul reminds the Galatians church in this verse, uh, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I believe, you know, often at times we put that slavery upon ourselves. God has called us to live in freedom, to called us to live with hope. And we put that slavery of yoke back on ourselves by saying, I need to meet the demands of of whoever's pulling for my time. 
I even need to meet the demands of putting another like or comment on social media. I need to meet the demands of everybody in my workplace. And yes, we have responsibilities, but we need to learn how to wait on God. Wait for Him. His timing is perfect. We don't work at things in this world like others do with no hope. Because our redemption, our ultimate prime minister, our principal, the best doctor, the best teacher, the friend, the father, the comforter, the landlord, the news anchor, the social reform leader, the provisioner, the provider of all the food we need, the builder, the industry leader, and my favorite, the compliance specialist, the master accountant, our savior Messiah. One day he will arrive on the scene and he will set the record straight. He will put the government upon his shoulders And he will show all nations what it's like to do things in his way, in his manner. And because of that, we have hope. Because of that, we can wait patiently, not with irritability, but with patience in a world around us. I believe that the Western world today needs to see an image of what it means to hope in a God that's beyond this world, that's beyond your neighborhood or this community or this nation, and needs to see a God that's anchored in eternity, needs to see Christians and churches that understand that this life is not what it's all about, that there is so much more, that yes, heaven comes to earth, and one day that will fully be fulfilled, and we live with that hope every single day. Let me just leave that one with a a scripture from Isaiah 40, 28, 30, well-known scripture. For the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men stumble and fall, but those who wait, or one translation says, those who hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. You know, as it's it's International Day this morning at church, one day all nations, we sang this morning, didn't we, like in all those languages, one day every nation will worship around the throne. Worship the King of Kings in their language. And every single language on the planet will worship Jesus, the King, the true King. Man, I look forward to that day. I'm, I don't know which language I'm going to sing. I'm probably going to sing in English, although I'd love to be able to fully sing in Tarao. But we're going to sing and we're going to worship God in every single dialect. You know, when you get a picture of that, you just think that is the hope of all hearts. This, this Jesus that has made made her move by his spirit into every continent. Even the fact that you're all here today from different backgrounds and continents and places is a miracle in itself. But we reflect heaven when we're here together worshiping in our languages. We'll worship the true king. There'll be no more poverty, no more social injustice, family breakdown, civil war, civil war because hope, the hope of all hearts, Jesus will be exalted on his throne. That's the hope that you and I are called to. So thirdly and lastly, we partner in hope with God and with each other. We partner in this hope. And uh, I really love what Dita said about um, joining a life group, as she so well put it. Thank you, Dita. That was great. You know, they were there for her and her family when they needed them. They needed hope. And I believe we all need hope champions in our life. You need them in your life. You cannot walk the Christian walk alone. And when I say hope champions, I don't just mean your immediate family because you can't choose those people. <laughs> but you need hope champions and you know, people that will give you hope when things are not going well. You need them in your life. So I encourage you, you know, put into practice. Find those people. Join a life group. Yes, do those things. All through Scripture, we see a picture of hope as a community. You know, the, the Trinity, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's that? That's, that's not just a single, that's, that's a working of a community. David and Jonathan, Elijah and Elisha, Peter, James, and John, Paul with Timothy. And what about yourself? Put your name in there. Who are your hope partners in this life, hope champions? You know, for many of us, it may be a husband or wife that is a great source of hope. So how we speak to each other becomes a good point on hope or hopelessness. But often the people close to us know how to speak hope into our lives. We also partner with God and hope as well. His vehicle of hope is us, is the church, it's the Christian community. And it's us as believers, believing in God, set apart for His works. You know, John Wesley in his uh, 12 rules for helpers that he used to give out to his helpers in the 1700s, the first rule was don't be unemployed in any minute. In other words, don't just be doing nothing. Like, use your time to do something well. And I love that. We are to partner with God. God knows the plans he has for you, declares the Lord. What are those plans? You know, he wants you to be engaged in his work in this earth. One commentary on hope that I read said, talked about the solid ground of expectation for righteousness, the solid ground. And it really caught my attention, you know, because so much of the ground is shaking around us. So much is shaking. Governments come and they go. Income and employment, as you've heard this morning, comes and goes. Gas prices go up and go down. Food prices fluctuate. They're here today and they're gone tomorrow. Health and beauty, it fades. I'm not going to say anything, Kate. <clears throat> These things, they... They go. Every culture, all its uniqueness, you know. But even in cultures, there's conflict. Even when it's going really well, there can be conflict. There's human unrest. Relationships are loaded with difficulties. Yet Christian hope has both already and not not yet dimensions. You know, right now, we have a hope in this dimension. We have a hope right now because of what God has done. Someone once said, we participate in hope that influences the concrete forms of society now. The concrete forms of society now. Christian hope challenges believers to engage the world to better its social structures. And on the other hand, we fully anticipate to wait for the second coming of Christ. And finally this morning, you know, I just want to touch on what to do when you feel like hope is completely gone, when you feel hopeless in life. And part of why I wanted Dita to share this morning is that, you know, there are times when it just feels like hope is gone. I've tried everything. I've prayed. I've fasted. I've, 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 you know, I've done everything I can in the natural, and it just feels like all hope is gone. You know, what do you do when you read stories of prisoners of war, rising suicide rates, depression at an all-time high, uh, all the things that are happening in our society at the moment? What do you do when you see that hopelessness? In the book of Hebrews, the author addresses some of the issues, and I believe that really help us. So let me just touch on that. Hebrews six verse ten. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It goes on to talk about Abraham in Hebrews. You know, Abraham, he was promised all these things, that your descendants will be like the stars in the sky, that, that all these things will happen, and, and all of his generation and all those sorts of things. Yet Abraham died, and none of that was fulfilled. He died, and none of it happened. Yet he put his hope in God that God would reward him abundantly. 
And that's why that scripture, Hebrews 6, 9, 20, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Jesus redeems all things. You know, I was, I was listening to something the other day that says that when you've had afflictions in life and losses, hope in God is not just merely a consolation on the other side of eternity. Oh, sorry about that. No, God restores everything. He redeems all those things. He gives back beyond ever that we can more than we can ever imagine in the life to come. He doesn't turn a blind eye to those things. So if you're in the valley of despair this morning, know that God will bring you through to the doorway of hope. He does not disappoint. He does not let us down. And as we spend time in the Word of God, as you wait upon God, and as you build that community of hope in your life, I trust that God will give you hope in whatever season you're in this morning. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit, little bit different. I'm going to close out with a prayer uh, that I wrote earlier in the week. And uh, why don't we just close our eyes and as I pray, whatever situation you feel you need some hope this morning, let me just lift it to God. You know, you might want to just put your hands out in front of you. You can, you know, whatever you feel like, but just believe that God is going to speak hope into that situation as I pray uh, this morning. So let's just do that. Thank you, God. Father God, we all have problems, and we're all tempted to be discouraged by those problems. And first of all, we want to be honest with you today to say that those problems can hurt. Thank you that while you are in this world, you have chosen to take these problems and use them in some way to develop us, to help us look forward to the future and bring us hope today. We don't know how you do it, God but we've experienced it before and enough times to know that you always come through. Today, Lord, we trust in you. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our problems. We trust you with our hurts. Lord, we need hope, and we pray that instead of us trying to find it in our own self, that you would give us the gift of your hope today in a new and a fresh way. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 And just as, um, just, I'll just get Emeka, if you just want to come up. just want to finish with a scripture this morning, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't we just, um, why don't we stand this morning, church, just before we close out.